Good morning and welcome to the Volume Nerd Podcast. This is your host, Davis Ransom. And today on the podcast, we are talking about physical and mental toughness. One of the most interesting topics, I believe, that there is in volleyball. And in order to do that, we've brought in one of our customary experts um, and one of the best coaches in, in the country for the youth and just many different levels, Louis Quatox. So thank you so much for being here, Louis. Davis, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. The stuff you're bringing us is so good. And uh, we're going to talk about some really interesting stuff today, physical and mental toughness. And you've been working on this with your team a lot, and it's been an intentional part of your culture and trying to cultivate this. So you got a lot of experience going on right now within a lot of experience in your past and it's not easy <laughs> to develop. No, it's not. <laughs> right. No, it's like right. everything else. Everything takes time, much like yeah. your, the physical skills. You know, this is just another one of those skills that kids don't necessarily spend the time on or is don't necessarily know how much is required for them to be successful. So we're going to try to dive into that. Absolutely. And one of the things I know about you is you don't just kind of tap it on the shoulder. You uh, <laughs> you, you wake the, this uh, thing up and, and we're going to go for it. In fact, this is probably going to be a two session. So we'll, we'll have part one and then we'll break it down and go in part two because there's so much rich content here. I mean, we yeah. can just go for hours. But I guess the first thing we should probably do is define just for our purposes working on the podcast what physical and mental toughness is like what is it yes and that's always the first step is do the kids understand do the team understand what that means you know the physical and the emotional part of it and certainly i like everything else that i do this is you know this is part of the championship culture that we're striving for and this is a big part of it I do. I had the kids actually do a homework on this and had them define what physical mental toughness is. Okay. Um, I've never actually just tell them what it is. I wanted to think about it. So right. giving them homework is an important important process to that. Mm-hmm. So the the typical response you get from kids is you know the physical part of toughness. Go beyond your physical ability. The mental toughness, they usually define it as being confident or uh, never giving up. So those are the responses I got from a lot of the kids. Okay. And that's the first draft, right? (laughs) Right. I'll start there. (laughs) So it's important for the listeners to know that this is is geared towards the kids and the coaches as well. Uh, We're going to go through why it's important for the kids to define this. Because they are the ones that have to understand, they have to strive for it. And the goals that we come up with, this is never part of the goals. They don't know, well, for us to win JOs, for us to win a qualifier, they don't think about the level of toughness that it takes to achieve those things. Yes. So this is the step that is necessary for them to go through. Um, yeah, 
So, but, let, but let's let's step back and talk about um, just how our brain works. And this is this is the thing that I talk to the kids about: is how does your body respond to stress, you know, to pressure? And we all understand the fight or flight response, right? Yes, we all understand that. And when when it comes down to you being stressed starting to feel insecure, you are suddenly in. So the fight or flight is either challenge or threatened state. So when kids go through a match and they start feeling stressed, they shank three balls in a row, they hit four balls in a row out. Are they still in that challenge state or are they suddenly in a threatened state? Right. And when kids are in threatened state, you can guarantee that their toughness goes with it. Yes, mm-hmm. it, 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 that's just the way it is. Like it's it's binary. Like you can't feel challenged and threatened at the same time. You can't be fight or flight at the same time. Right. So your body will, your brain will either generate cortisol or adrenaline. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. So and let's just define challenge state real quick. When you're in challenge state, it doesn't mean that you will never feel threatened or insecure. But being in threatened state means you are just in that insecure and, you know, you're just in that state for a long period of time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's difficult for you to get out of it. Yeah. In that and, and that's why you, you see kids that ju- you see teams, not just individual athletes, but when you're watching a match, a, a team has a big lead and suddenly the opposing team starts catching up, starts catching up, and you start seeing this slight shift from them being in a challenge state to a threatened state. Mm-hmm. And that's typically what happens when teams come back big and win it. Yep. Because the opposing team is suddenly in that challenge and in in that threatened state. Right. So the toughness part of it, this is where the toughness come, part of it comes in. When teams can finish and finish strong, right? So that that's why this is important to talk about. Is the, the kids need to know that this is a skill that they can work on every practice. Mm-hmm. So the the homework I gave them, uh, and a lot of this, a lot of the things that I'm reading up on is from a guy named uh, Jay Billis. He's an he's an ESPN analyst, big basketball guy, right? Yep. So. Absolutely. Uh, but he's got a bunch of great stuff. He's got a book called Toughness. And I, and I love what he talked about there. So I, I gave this, art, this article to them. And, and, you know, this is a whole book. So this is just some bits of it that I love that I feel every athlete needs to know. He, he stressed the importance of just Toughness has nothing to do with size, physical strength, or athleticism. Some players may be born tough, but I believe that toughness is a skill, and it is a skill that can be developed and improved. So the first part of this that I love that you talked about is play so hard, your coach has to take you out. I love that. Play so hard that your coach has to take you out. And how many times have we gone through practice? How many times have we? gone through matches where we see kids that's just not going hard. Right. right? Mm-hmm. We see kids don't go hard when the team isn't as skilled as they are or they know they can beat them. Right. Yeah. So, so you talked about the level of 
toughness that's required to do that. And I, I think back to, you know, you, I mean, you and I have played beach tournaments and we know the process of going through pool play, then playoffs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of athletes could admit to this where, oh, yeah, I, I, I got to conserve a little bit because I know I got playoffs coming up. Right. And that's when I want to I really go hard because the teams are better, right? Mm-hmm. So part of the training here is can you play so hard on every ball, every point, regardless of who you, who you play? And if you tucker up by playoffs and you lose, yeah, you're not happy about it, but but you're looking at the overall picture. So the next tournament, you do the exact same thing. You go hard every ball, every point. You last a little bit longer, maybe through the first round of playoffs. And then you tucker out again. And you do it again, and you do it again. And eventually, you're going to get to a point where you are conditioning yourself physically and mentally to go hard every ball, every point, through pool play and playoffs. Right. And that's, that's I, at least that's the way I interpret um, what he's talking about here. And it's the same is true for practices. We see kids kind of cruising because they know that we usually scrimmage at the end of practice. So, because mm-hmm. they want to look at the end. They want to finish strong, right? Right. Yep. They want to paint themselves. It, it's like a... And, you know, this is something that it's not similar to long distance runner where they pace themselves. They want to they don't want to gas themselves out in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. They want to finish strong. So that that's kind of how we're programmed. But if we want to be really tough physically and mentally, we have to train ourselves and build up this prolonged period of time where we can sustain and go hard every point, right? That's, that's, that's ultimately is what we want. And come match time, it becomes easier. Right. So, so that's one. (laughs) Right. Well, and there's a lot to unpack there, right? Because I think there there's, it's just human nature in, in some respects to avoid confrontations and difficult things right so we want to take this slightly easier route but Mm -hmm. instead what we want to do if we want to get tough is we want to take the harder route right and i I have a really quick little story on that like i used to play some volleyball with casey jennings down at huntington beach who's like you know Mm -hmm. he's an avp pro and I would always be scrambling just to win games. I'd, so I'd serve the weaker player and just try to get a win down there so I could, you know, I guess feel good yeah. about it, feel like I had some progress. Casey right. would always serve the better player, mm-hmm. whoever he was playing. And it totally made him better. It's like you're, you yeah. were talking about. He's going yeah. so hard that it's just going to make him improve so much more. So I I can totally connect to that. Um, And and that's the thing with just with the way our brain is uh, programmed. We're programmed to be to always take the comfortable route, take the non-threatening, non-physically exhausting route, because that's just how we're programmed. And and again, it goes back to the fight or flight response, right? Right. I mean, we we always want to know that there's always a comfort of knowing what's going to happen. Yes, good point. Can I finish this, right? That, that's 
So let's see here. Move on to the next play. Top players don't waste time celebrating a good player or lamenting on a bad play. So they know that the most important play in any game is the next one. So that's, uh, that, that's, that's very obvious, but a lot of players don't do it. Yes. When, they, totally. when kids make a mistake, I'm going to call this the judging mind in their head, gets in the way of them looking at the next point. So that, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that in a little bit. All right. Okay. Next one is be hard to play. This is my favorite one. Be hard to play against and easy to play with. Tough players yes. make their teammates' jobs easier and their opponents' jobs tougher. Love that. I love yeah. that one. Yep. Hard to play against and easy to play with. Make every game important. Top players don't categorize opponents in games. They know that if they are playing, it is important. Top players understand that if they want to play in championship games, they must treat every game as a championship game. We see this over and over again with great athletes like Kobe Bryant, with great athletes like Michael Jordan. I mean, you name it, Karch Karai. All, all the Olympic players treat every practice, every game, even during scrimmage of practice. No matter how, yeah. how high their level is above who they're playing against, every game is important. Yeah. And that trains that concentration. Yeah. Like you were talking yeah. about. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. And it, it takes a level of toughness to sustain that. Absolutely. I mean, you come into practice yeah. and you're worn out from doing homework or you didn't get enough sleep, didn't get rest. You have a tendency to just kind of cruise and not go as far. Mm-hmm. But what do the tough players do when they do don't when they don't get enough rest? When when they have a lot of stress in their life, right? What do they do? So something to think about. Go tying back to understanding how our brain works and how we are programmed by default. And, and back in the caveman days, that, that's just kind of how it is. I mean, you go out your cave and you got to be alert right off the bat because you're going to get eaten. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's just yeah. how they live. And our brain hasn't really evolved to a point where this is, this is, this is gone. It's still there. Our fight or flight response will always be there. Right. It will always be to take, make sure that we are comfortable, that we take the easy, you know, we want to be as, how would you say it? We stay away from pain as much as possible. Right. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, second, the second thing here is taking responsible for your teammates. Tough players expect a lot from your teammates, but they also put them them first. So that's uh, top players take responsibility for others in addition to themselves. They make their teammates eat first. They give credit to their teammates before taking it themselves. So this is very this is the selfless part of toughness, where they're there to service their teammates. And with our junior age group. This is not the easiest thing to teach, being selfless. Very true. Very true. But, you know, it takes a uh, – like the way Jay Billis put it, is it takes a level of toughness to do this. 
Yes. And then the next one is take and give criticism the right way. Tough players can take criticism without feeling the need to answer back or give excuses. They're open to getting better and expect to be challenged and hear tough things. How many times have we had kids where we give feedback and they reply back and give them, give you reason as to why they're not doing what they're supposed to? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's classic. Why, why are they doing that? Right. It's because they're, because, yeah, the criticism factor. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to look bad in front of their teammates. They want to protect their ego. So that's, it, he's saying that there's a level of toughness that's required to take criticism even in front of your team. That's a great point. Uh, the next one, show strength in your body language. Tough players project confidence and security with their body language. They do not hang their heads, do not react negatively to a mistake of a teammate, do not whine and complain to officials. Tough players project strength and do not cause their teammates to worry about them. Tough players do their jobs and their body language communicates that to their teammates and to their opponents. That's pretty self-explanatory. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it matters. It, it does matter. Yeah. Though. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the way we com- I mean, this, communicate. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of studies out there that shows that you're, when the way you're, you carry your body, you could fake being confident just by putting your head up and chest out. Mm-hmm. You could fake being tough. Just from the way you carry yourself, the way you walk, the way you walk after a mistake, it could ch- totally change the way you think just by little head up, chest out type feel. Mm-hmm. So that's just a little, little trick there. Um, like be alert. Mm-hmm. Tough players are not quote unquote cool. Tough players are alert and active and tough players communicate with teammates so that they are alert too. Tough players echo commands until everyone is on the same page. They understand the best teams play six as one. Tough players are alert in transition and get back to protect. You know, this is basketball now. Right. So this is this is to to some degree all about holding each other accountable. Right. And how many kids do we see in our on our teams and we had this conversation before mm-hmm. about championship culture, the importance of holding, holding each other accountable. We rarely see kids going on someone that's not going hard and letting them know that hey, you can do better than that. Right. Hey, you shouldn't be hitting the ball against the wall. We got to check. Right. Even something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a level of toughness that's required to, Hold your teammates accountable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. And there's a bit of a taboo there. Like it's like yes. you don't want to hold them accountable because they'll think you're mad at them or something like that. Where yeah. the relationships on a championship level team are so strong that you can hold each other accountable with no um, no malice, no ego, uh, you know, no resentment towards one another. Yeah. Exactly. And that's super powerful. Yeah. All right. Next one. Take responsibility for your actions. Tough players make no excuses. They take responsibility for their actions. Uh, and it talks about some examples here. You want me just read this? It's, it's, all, about, it's all basketball, though. <laughs> sure. Sure. I love basketball. Uh, 
James Johnson, for example, with 17 seconds to go in Wake's game against Duke on Wednesday. This is years ago on Wednesday. John Shire missed a three-pointer that bounced right to Johnson. But instead of aggressively pursuing the ball with a sense of urgency, Johnson stood there and waited for the ball to come to him. It never did. Shire dra- grabbed it, called a timeout, and the Blue Devils hit a game-time shot in a possession they never should have had. Going after the loose ball is toughness. And Johnson didn't show it on that play. But what happened next? He refocused, slipped the screen for the winning basket. And after the game, when he could have been asked only in the glow of victory, manned up to the mistake that could have cost his team the win. That's my responsibility. I should have had that. Johnson, Johnson said, no excuses. Shouldering the responsibility, that's toughness. Hmm. Love that. And we, we see a lot of athletes, especially professional athletes, we see them take responsibility. If they had a bad night, they would say, hey, I had a bad night. You know, you, you hear that from LeBron, from Kobe, all those guys. Mm-hmm. What about our junior club teams? How often do you see the young kids admit to this? It's a great point. Right. Yeah. A lot of times they look to external reasons, you know. Yeah. 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 So that takes a level of toughness to do to do it. So mm-hmm. uh, next one is look your coaches and teammates in the eye. Tough, play, tough players never drop their heads. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. They always look coaches and teammates in the eye because they are talking. It is important to them and to you. Again, that's uh, I'm ashamed of my mistake. So they look down. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. So if you think of all the negative emotions that we as human beings feel, the first thing we do is we look down. <laughs> yep. When we're happy, elated, joyful, what what what's our body language look like? What's our head doing? Yeah, it's right? up. Yeah, we're, we're it's up. active. Hand, maybe your hands are up, something like that. Yeah. Last one is make getting better every day your goal. Tough players come to work every day to get better and keep their horizons short. So they meet victory and defeat the same way. They get up the next day and go to work to be better than they were the day before. This is a good one for a lot of the the younger athletes. They meet victory and defeat the same way. I love that because oftentimes when a team wins, wins a tournament, their very next practice they're all happily, happy and giggly. And they don't go as hard because they, they go, oh, hey, we're so good. Right. And then you see the opposite. When they lost to a team that they shouldn't have, they come into practice more dialed in, right? Right. That's the part that yeah. is lacking with or have not having that understanding with these young athletes. is. It's just another, it's, it's, hey, that day's over. Let's get back to work. Right. And the, the classic one in SCVA is, you know, you played well in division two, beat everybody. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, they're going to have to be way tougher to do well in division one. Right. right. But they're so happy and just kind of, you know, messing around. But you're like, we got to get back to business, whether we lose or win. Right. We got to get back and get focused. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. true. And he, he finished this off, this article finished it off by saying, and so this is Jay Bo's talking. When I was playing, the players I respected most were not the best or most talented players. The players I respected most were the toughest players. I don't remember anything about the players who talked a good game or blocked a shot and acted like a fool. I remember the players who were tough to play against. 
Anybody can talk. Not anybody can be tough. So that's, that's how he ended that article. I love yeah. that. So let's talk about toughness, mental and physical toughness training with, with kids. So I, I think the first thing the kids need to understand is do they want to be tough? Because this is not for everybody. Because it's the, they have to understand that there's a level of pain involved. And when, when I talk about pain, I'm not talking about, hey, you're injured and you're playing through it. That's just not smart. Well, I'm talking about not giving up when you're physically exhausted, not being afraid, come pressure time, and telling yourself, I hope they don't serve me. I hope I don't miss this serve. That's what I'm talking about. There's a level of pain to build up your toughness. And there's a reason why not everybody's in MMA or that goes to military or, you know, whatever, whatever that, you know, football, boxing, these, these, these other sports or, and military training, the level of pain that these athletes have to go through is tremendous and it is not for everybody but you have to be yeah. extremely tough to choose that as a profession mm-hmm. so if you look at yeah. all the sports that has a high level of pain in the training part of it and we're talking about the physical training those are the quickest way to train toughness <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah, the physical toughness can lead to mental yes. toughness, right? If you persevere that that physical effort. Right. So that that, that so cool. that's the first part of what I want to talk about is just your environment. And the it. environment in mill training for example is the, the the soldiers are put through this, you know, vicious physical training and and they need to because when you're at war and you don't follow orders and you're not disciplined, somebody in your unit could die. Yeah. So the level of training there is so, how would you say? <laughs> it, it's, it's, I can't imagine. Right. But you look at a kid, a high school kid that goes off to the military and when they, when they come back in a year, two years, I can imagine just how much that's changed them. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying that we are going to. Ex- you should experience ex- this kind of pain to be tough in volleyball or other sports, right? That's not what I'm saying, but but that's the quickest way I think within a year. I mean, holy smokes, right? Well, and I think that's a, it's an analogy, yeah. right? Like they're not going to like get punched and get yeah, shot right. at and all these things that in the military. But the idea is they're taking yeah. shots. They're getting beat up. In right. other ways, right? Like, uh, especially mentally and sort of socially sometimes and their ego. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think that I think the analogy right there is totally valid. And it's almost like we look to those role models as ways of finding our own right. internal physical and mental right. toughness. So I love I love right. that. And with these athletes. Well, let's let's step back here. If if the, the kids understand just 
just by virtue of them being stronger, being faster, if they can, if they go from 9.1 to 9.5, which is a big difference, right? Four inch vertical. Um, just by them just improving their physical, physical part of their game will contribute to them being tougher. And that that's just that's just the nature of it. Because for you to be able to go from not touching nine one to nine five, you're pushing yourself every time you're in that gym, increasing your vertical. You're doing your reps, and in your mind, you're go. You're t- probably telling yourself, "Oh, one more, five more, two more reps." So that is mental training right there for toughness. And there's physical pain involved, right? For you to get stronger, there's physical pain involved. That last rep where it's burning. So just by them being stronger and more conditioned will help them, will, will help in their journey to be tougher. So we got environment, we got just being, you know, tr- just physically stronger and more conditioned. And then the next one is alter ego. This is an interesting one. <laughs> so... Yeah, what do you mean? The by alter that? ego is interesting because I think we had a conversation about this from our very first uh, podcast. Um, it's assuming a character when you are in the practice gym, or assuming a character when you're in a, you know, you're com- competing, and this alter ego is being used by a lot of athletes, a lot of actors, a lot of you know, successful people out there, whether it's in the business world. I mean, it's the, the, this, this came from the book on the alter ego effect by Todd Herman. And he he talked about Mariah Carey, the assumed this alter ego, Sasha fears. She came from a gospel singing choir to, this pop star that have to be provocative and entertain in front of millions of fans. And she needed that Sasha fierce alter ego to be able to perform in that size of a crowd. Um, Kobe Bryant, black Mamba. That's his alter ego. Eminem, Marshall Mathers, right? I mean, the list goes on and on. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd money Mayweather. So, so, you look at all these athletes when they, and and you and I when when you we play in tournaments, we all have different versions of ourselves. When we're competing, we just never gave it a name. <laughs> right, we never did. But but that's a character yeah. we assume when we're competing. And the the funny thing about our personalities is. You and I are talking, there's this version of me talking to you. Then when, when I'm with my girlfriend or with any loved one, there's a different version of me with them. And I'm, when I'm coaching, coaching a team, there's a different version of me that shows up there. So we all inherit all these different characters every day. It's not any different when we're competing. The question now is, are you adopting this alter ego when you're practicing the same alter ego when you're competing. So that's, that's, this is important because alter ego 
will empower you. It will empower you to be a little bit better or be able to grind a little bit better, be a little bit tougher. I included this because it's, I feel that this could be a kind of a quick fix, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and a, I love this one because I think, well, there there is a lot of evidence that shows that there is value to the way that you speak, right? To yourself, to others, and it it affects the environment, right? Your internal environment and the environment around you. So if you're talking to yourself like you're a black mamba, that's going to be a lot different than talking to yourself like you're a pudgy panda. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something like that. You know, I guess what it's it's super empowering, and I actually think long term to have this. This is my sports me. You know what I mean? This is my athletic yeah. me. Whether you put a name on it or, you know, it's great to have a really cool nickname. Yeah. Um, and, and I even think I even think they should do that. I think kids should have a little yeah. nickname. You know, I think that's really cool. But even if they don't, like this, it's okay to be this version of myself right. here and on the volume yes. board. This tough version of yes. myself. And the, the flip side of that coin is there's the wimpy side of you. <laughs> right. So, so th yeah. there's there's two characters when you're you're competing, right? And it, it it switches back and forth. So there's the part of you that says, ah, "I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let them hit past me," or "I'm gonna put this hard, put this ball down so hard they're not gonna touch it." And then there's the other part of you that says, "I hope I don't miss." Mm -hmm. no, so so yeah. that that's that so with the way I did it with my group is I get, I asked them to give me two alter egos, the empowering one okay. and the wimpy one. <laughs> okay. They have to know, they have to know which character showing yes. up suddenly. And the more aware you are as to what path you're taking when you're competing, the better it is for them to, to not take that path. If the wimpy side of them is taking over. Right. So I, yeah, and I've noticed one of the things you do that I think is really powerful is you you use comparison, yeah. right? You don't just say this is what we want. You say this is what we want. This is not <laughs> what we want. Can you can you feel where you are right. in that and work towards what we want, right? And having them notice is key, right? right? I think that them being able to detect it and, and notice those differences is key. And you're giving them those tools. It's really, it's powerful. I think. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's, but it, and it's also fun. It's yes, fun to be totally. that mad. You know? Right. <laughs> it's fun to <laughs> yeah, be this invincible sure. person that you're assuming. And you, right. the kids will be pleasantly surprised at how well this will work in their game. Uh, and the last part of this, I actually have four, not three. <laughs> so the last part is, okay. as you mentioned, is mastery. Being, ha just being, this, this just brings so much confidence in the things that you do. And when you have confidence, that toughness goes, gets shot up with it. And when kids are coming to the gym and they're working hard to master their craft, that's part of just building the mental and physical toughness along with it so and confidence plays a big part of your toughness right. absolutely and the 
but you got to earn that confidence. Yeah. You got to earn it. And you, know. it, you earn it being in a gym and working. And that's one of the things that Floyd Mayweather, as much as a lot of people, a lot of critics dislike him for the things that he says, he has earned the right to be confident. He has earned that right mm-hmm. because he knows he works harder than whoever he's fighting against. He knows he does his homework. He knows he's done everything right. And you got to earn it. Absolutely. And that, that conviction, I think you talked about conviction, mm-hmm. like you're absolutely convicted to being as good as you can be. And like you said, you've done everything you can. When you've, when you've done everything you can, you'll be as confident as you can. If you haven't done anything, you're going to have question marks in your mind that will just kind of uh, deteriorate your self-confidence. And that's where the wimpy, wimpy side of you creeps in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Enough question marks, yeah. right? And it starts going, hey, can yeah. I? I don't yeah. know, you know, and, and, and you want those questions, but you want them to be answered confidently. Right. Yes. Can I? Oh yes, yeah. I can. Right. Because, because I have, and you know, cause I, cause I will, and I'm here right in the moment. Right. Uh, so yeah, there's so much to unpack yeah. here um, well, it, as far so, as how so yeah, you, you and I played enough volleyball and we probably, we all have our share of great shots. We hit this line shot that's like right on the line and everybody's yelling, great shot, great shot. Your sitting there goes, I hope I can do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> can I do it again? <laughs> right. So the mastery co- comes in when you know you can do that shot over and over and over again with 100% confidence. Right. Then you know you've mastered your craft. When you make that serve where that one great floater just drops in front of the passer with high speed, is that just that one time? Or can you do it again? Over and over again. Right. So that's that's when you know you master your craft, when you can do it with consistent repeatability that I can do that same, same serve. I can do that same shot. So that's uh, and that's important for kids to know. Absolutely, and it, that, again, that takes time. Oh yeah, right. But it's almost like once you've developed that automaticity of the skill, it it, it almost like you don't really even need to be that confident yeah. <laughs> because it you it's just there. If that makes any sort of sense, it's like the confidence of knowing that your hands are on your arms. Right. Right. It's like it's just one has led directly to the next. You're so confident because the work is there. Right. So so you're not worried about that skill. Nope. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You said it right there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. So I'd love to um get back with you on round two of this uh, talk and we'll talk about how coaches can uh, draw this out of their athletes mm-hmm. and what a practice would look like and sort of the process that you've gone to, to cultivate this, um, with your team. So there's so much good stuff here. And we just sort of started with like sort of an intro, I right. guess, to what it is and some of the key 
um, concepts, but I'm, I can't wait to get into this next part. All right, too. This next part's going to be fun. So, we got a bunch of drills so that everyone, will build physical and mental toughness. And it's, uh, it's something I'm, in, I'm employing right now with my group. And it's, uh, I'm starting to see some changes to these guys. So excited. Super. Super fun. So everyone turn, uh, tune back in for part two uh, with Lewis Quatak and physical mental toughness on the Volume Nerd podcast. Thank you so much, Lewis, and we'll talk to you Sounds soon. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And Volume. Volume.